Our next guest here on Couch Conversations is making his way through the independent wrestling scene. Recently featured, well, not too long ago on AEW Dark All Elite Wrestling. Please help me welcome our next guest, Lord Crew. What's going on, man? Long time no see. I know. It's crazy. It's been a long time. I think we've both come a long way since our uh, last time seeing each other. We have, man. You're doing uh, tons of independent wrestling now, which, you know, back in high school, we didn't really hang out or nothing. You nah, were a man. couple little, little interactions here and there, but, you know. You were in my brother's grade, a couple years above me, right? Yeah, I graduated in 07. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Man, that was one heck of a class, wasn't it? <laughs> a, lot, a, lot of, a lot of interesting folks in that class, for sure. <laughs> yeah, so I actually seen one of your pictures on Instagram the other day, your high school picture versus now, and you're like, man, you put on some Dude, weight, you bulked up. I put on like a good 60 pounds yeah. of just muscle since high school. Um, yeah. I put on I, 50, just the wrong weight, oh, <laughs> Sit, oh, sitting behind it'll, the it'll desk. happen to you, you know? <laughs> but hey, man. Sitting behind a desk, you've built a nice little empire for yourself. I know. You got a cool little spot here. Yep. It looks like you're doing pretty well for yourself. Thanks, so. man. So, you know, 50 pounds along the way, you know, you got to take the good with the bad, I guess. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, you're doing a lot of wrestling on the independent scenes. Definitely. You made an appearance on AEW Dark All Elite Wrestling, which mm -hmm. I thought was huge, uh, especially yeah. someone coming from the Northern Kentucky, Cincinnati area. Sure. What was that experience like, and how did that kind of all come together? Man, so... I was doing some television down in Atlanta, Georgia, for Championship Wrestling from Atlanta, which okay. is a it was also branched to Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, which is ran by Dave Marquez out in California. Um, so I was doing the tapings down there, and I did a trio of matches with Baron Black, who was somebody else who was regularly featured on AEW Dark. Um, so you know we had a trio of really good matches um some people behind the scenes at aew i guess saw those matches and and liked what they saw so i was invited in to do extra work um we were at the farmer's coliseum in indianapolis and you know i showed up to the thing not knowing if i was even going to have a match who i was going to wrestle or anything else and then then i get there i uh so I know Nyla Rose. Okay. And um, I ran into Nyla backstage. And she's all stuff. She's like, did you see the board? I'm like, no, not yet. She's like, go look, go look. So then I went and looked, and I saw that I was uh, I was wrestling Andrade. And I was kind of like, okay, just throw me right to the wolves. Wow. You know, so you had no idea going in? No clue. No, no clue at all. I had no clue what I was doing, if I was doing anything. So... You know, immediately I'm like, okay, they're throwing me in with one of their their heavy hitters. You know, one of their one of their top guys. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, well, let's get it. You know, so um, that was a very surreal experience. Um, I mean, just the whole thing. Uh, you know, behind the scenes, I got to work with Dustin Rhodes a little bit. Who, you know, wow. I, I grew up watching him as Gold Dust and having him kind of be the agent to my match and you know getting to you know, pick his brain on stuff. And, and then the part that really was surreal to me was, you know, I'm standing in back and I know it's like getting close to my time. Yeah. So then finally, then, you know, the referee's like, all right, man, we're up. So we, you know, he walked me out, loaded me into the ring and it was crazy because I've wrestled in Indianapolis quite a bit. So, you know, I heard a couple people in, out in the crowd, like, you know, hollering my name and stuff. And I'm like, okay, at least some people know who I am. You know? And then, <laughs> Um, while Andrade was making his entrance, I, you know, just really took a second to, you know, look around the room and really breathe it all in. And I'm like, oh man, there's a lot of people here, you know? And then like, I was like, well, here it is. You know, this is my time to shine. This is time to show them what I can do. And, um, 
I, once, you know, he got in the ring, you know, we're standing across from each other and, you know, I'm, I'm like, okay, here we go. Like, and I kind of started to psych myself out a little bit because, you know, it's like, this is that thing that I've worked for is to get into these types of situations. Yeah. And I kind of, like I said, I started kind of psyching myself out a little bit and then I, something popped into my head that kind of snapped me out of it. I had a friend message me, um, before I went and told me like, I understand that being on this type of a platform is nerve wracking. I understand that this type of opportunity can be a lot, but you're in a ring, you're in a ring every weekend. It doesn't matter what's going on outside of that ring. When you're in there, that's your home. So just go in there and do what you know how to do. He said, it doesn't matter if there's 10, 20,000, 10,000 watching, you're in a ring, that's your spot. Don't yeah. forget that. So try to block out the outside and just focus on what you can control in here. So I that kind of popped into my head. And then as soon as the bell rang, all that went away and it just felt like another match. Natural. Yeah. It was it was super crazy because it went by so fast. Yeah. You know, it's like the next thing I know it's over with. I'm back in the back again. And then like, you know, the next day I'm, I'm at my other job and I'm just sitting at my desk and I'm thinking to myself, like, <laughs> I was just on man, TV. Last night I was wrestling in front of 7,000 people in a, you know, in an arena. Now I'm sitting here. It's humbling. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, yeah. it really brings you back to reality real quick. But. That's awesome. I was pumped, man. Cause Dude. I mean, someone from our area, it's just sure. cool to see that yeah, success, sure, you know, man. And it's just like, it's one of those things where if you just, put your heart and soul into something, man, you can make it happen. It's just, you, know, yep. you really got to just grind and figure it out. That's yeah. that's what people don't understand about the wrestling business. That's why I love having you on, because obviously I love wrestling, sure, as you can yeah. see in this you room. Know, you sat me opposite <laughs> the wrestlers. You know, I'm, I'm just sitting here envious of all your cool figures that I used to have when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> I've been fascinated with the business since I was a kid, even more like so the – uh, the backstage aspect and the kind of the production of it. Sure. Even as a young kid, you know, I was kind of like wondering about, you know, how do you put all this together? So it's always been pretty cool for me uh, watching wrestling and getting the interview wrestlers now is even yeah. more cool. Yeah. And man, it's, you know, like you said, the whole production aspect of it being at somewhere like AEW, um, it just really puts into perspective how much goes into these larger yeah companies and their production value because you know i'm so used to smaller scale you know like bfw halls or you know yeah much smaller things than where i was at but it's like mind-blowing how much time and effort money and just like you know just the whole presentation of the stage setup and everything like how much goes into all of that like there's a crew there the day beforehand setting all that up right and it's just very crazy how much like different it really is on a higher scale like that yeah so what was it like for you watching your match on AEW dark back did you get to watch it that night or um no i didn't get to see it until it went up on youtube so okay. it was like i don't know like a, the week after oh yeah like okay yeah or two after but um it was really really surreal man like you know because i've again i've watched my own matches back because i'm my own biggest critic i mm -hmm. that's I always like to study my own tape because I watch everything that I do with a critical eye because I want to be the best wrestler that I can be. And no one's going to pick my stuff apart harder than I will. So if I watch something that I don't like, I know to not do it again. So 
I've watched myself back so much, so much, so much. And now I'm watching myself back with like extremely good camera quality and like, yeah. you know, this crazy big production. And it was just super weird, man. Like, yeah. um, one of the cool things for me though, was that I, uh, my parents got to be there for it. So that's, like, that's that, was, cool. that was really cool. Cause my mom has been, well, my mom and my stepdad both have been very supportive of this journey. Like they've, you know, at first they were kind of like, you sure you want to do this? And I'm like, oh yeah. For sure. And then they were like, hey, if you want to do it, you know, give it everything you got. And to have them be present for that moment was just super cool to me. And like, that my mom cool. rewatched it and she like started tearing up and stuff. And I was like, oh, come on, mom, we'll do this too. <laughs> I actually uh, seen your sister. It's been years ago. I think it was when you maybe a couple years into, the, you know, wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, I was like, oh, how's your brother doing wrestling? And I think she, she like, gave me that face like I was kind of making fun of you. And I was like, I don't think she gets I'm a big wrestling fan. Like, I'm dead <laughs> oh, yeah, serious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, it's, like, it's funny because she didn't really – I think she's only seen me wrestle a couple times because she's traveled so much for her school and stuff like that. She's just always lived in different places. But yeah, um, it had been probably pre-pandemic that she'd seen me wrestle. And she was in Dallas – from WrestleMania weekend, I got to see me wrestle twice down there. So, you know, I've made a lot of progress since then. And I mm-hmm. think it was really cool for her to actually get to see like the progress that I made. And yeah, yeah, so. that's great, man. One more thing on the AEW sure. appearance. Did yeah. you, when you came through the curtain, did you receive any feedback or can you talk about that? Um, you know, it's one of them things where, you know, I knew what I was there for, you mm-hmm. know, and the whole purpose of me being there was to, make him look like a star, Mm -hmm. you know, and that was what I wanted to accomplish in that. And selfishly, of course, I wanted to show a little bit of my personality in it as well, because that's my opportunity to get in front of them. But my whole objective there was to make him look good, make him look strong. And the feedback that I got was that I did exactly what was asked of me. So, you know, hopefully that that stuck with them and they'll remember that for the future. So. That's cool. So you were wrestling, big wrestling fan growing up, right? Oh yeah, as long as I can remember. It, yeah. You want to talk about maybe your favorites or maybe oh, yeah. some some that you inspired you or you model to. your style after? I'd love to. So my earliest memory of wrestling was when I was a little kid. My mom had this tiny little TV in her kitchen, so like she would turn that on like when she was doing dishes and stuff. So I was sitting at the breakfast table with a bowl of cereal and I'm scrolling through the little TV and I came across wrestling. And the first thing that I remember ever seeing on wrestling was just this super cool dude, you know, had the short kept beard, the little curl in the front of his forehead, toothpick in his mouth. And I'm just, and he's just cutting this promo and just he's like the coolest dude on the planet. And I'm like, Mom, I want to be as cool as that guy someday. I'm still not as cool as Razor Ramon, but I like to think I'm at least somewhat there. Uh, but uh, yeah, so Razor was always, and that's like, man, he connects with the crowd brother. like so and good. I um, it it hurts my soul that I never got to meet him because mm-hmm. like, you know I've heard so many cool stories from guys who got to you know be around him and spend some time with him that like for these last you know several years of his life that he had kind of started getting back into a good place and he was Mm -hmm. really helpful to up and coming talents and was very cool and was and I just always wanted to get that chance to meet him and I was supposed to in Dallas this year but of course you know he passed just a couple weeks before Wrestlemania and that one hurt my soul man because you know sometimes 
I'll, you know, people think it's weird that people grieve over people they've never met, but like this, this dude had such an impact on my life and from the sense of like, he is the reason that I became so infatuated with wrestling and like that moment caused me to fall in love with wrestling. And then I started becoming a fan and watching. And then, you know, like I've watched all through the nineties cause you know, I started started probably watching in like 92 93 because i was young real young and then i watched all the way through attitude era the monday night wars you know all that oh good wait stuff. what were you uh were you a wwf or wcw wcw kid me baby. too man nwo till i die yeah for life for life baby man that was a wild time it really was because and that and i was i was turning back and forth too and razor was a big purpose for that you know what I mean yeah. Razor really kind of changed the landscape in a lot of ways because he took that chance on himself and didn't like what he was being given at one place so he's like all right screw took you. the I'm guaranteed gonna, money where the money's at change you know? the contracts and everything in the wrestling business you also know who I am <laughs> but you don't know why I'm here <laughs> but uh but yeah man so I've always been a fan of wrestling um, and I actually have a really weird story about what actually lit the fire underneath me to start. Training. Let's hear it. So I, again, I've always been a fan of wrestling and you probably know this. I played music for a few years. Yeah. That was super fun. Kind of ran its course and I, I still had that itch to entertain, but I yep. just didn't know how to scratch it. So I was at the gym one day. Um, what used to be the LA fitness over there, um, off buttermilk. Okay. So I'm in there working out, and in comes Santino Morella, Damian Sandow. Really? Yeah. And I'm oh, like, wait. You know who I ran into over there? Uh, Drew McIntyre. Really? When, when they were in town. Yeah. So, yeah, it was just one of them situations where they were in town. They just stopped in there to work out. I just happened to be there. So that gym had a weird locker room. It was, like, down a weird hallway. Yeah, I've been yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like... Um, I was getting water from the water fountain and Santino's like looking around like, you know, and then he goes, excuse me, uh, could you tell me where the locker room is? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, man, it's like down the, you know, down the way to the, you know, down that hallway back in the back. He's like, oh, okay, thank you very much. So he, you know, he goes and does his thing. I go back to working out. So, and again, like at this point in time, you know, I'm not a wrestler yet. I'm just a fan of whatever. And then he comes back out and he goes, Hey man, thanks again for, you know, pointing me in the right direction. I was like, Oh man, no problem. I was like, can we get a picture or whatever? So like, I got take a picture with Santino and we start talking. He goes, are you a wrestler? And I was like, nah, man, I was like, I've always been a big fan. He's like, well, you have a cool look. And he was like, is this something you've ever considered doing? And I was like, I mean, I think it'd be pretty sweet, but I'd never really thought about it. Wow. And then he was like, well, if it's something you think you maybe be into, you know, you should give it a shot. So it was just super weird because he suggested like OVW, but that's down in Louisville. It's a little right. far for me to. So I found a school. I started training and, you know. In Cincinnati area? Yeah, here in Cincinnati at Bone Crushers. I trained uh, with Roger Ruffin, who also trained Abyss, okay. Cat Chris Harris, Machine Gun Carl Anderson. You know, so there's been some some pedigree come from that school. Um, so fast forward the clock several years later, actually, this is just a, like in the last month or so impact was in Louisville okay. and I'm friends with a guy that's on the impact roster. So I went down to hang out with him and we're working out at the hotel gym and Santino's in there. So I said, Hey man, can I talk to you for a minute? And I was like, there's no way you're going to remember this. 
But years ago, I met you at a gym. We had this conversation, and that conversation is what inspired me to start training. And here I am now. So thank you. And he was like, man, he's like, that's really cool. That you know, is very you cool, You could just man. tell that he felt like a, a sense of like, wow, I, I did this for this guy. You know? Yeah. And like, so I owe that fire under my butt to Santino Morella, which and is that- weird. And then Sandow, um, who was also at the gym that day, is a big part of the stuff I'm doing out in California right now. So it's weird how like that whole thing has come full circle. And now I'm like working with the guys who were there the day I decided to start. So I don't know. It's just like a weird, cool thing to me. That's very cool, man. That's awesome. You mentioned Abyss. Now you've actually got to be in the ring with Abyss, haven't you? Yeah. He's, yeah. he's one of my favorites. I got him yeah, up there in the Yeah, wall. I saw that up there. <laughs> so actually Abyss um, helped train me. That's um, awesome. When I was very first starting out, Abyss would pop into trainings here and there, and he would run, you know, different classes and stuff. And me being one of the taller guys, you know, because he's a, a giant human right. being. So he always would kind of gravitate to help out the bigger guys because that's what he knows is how to wrestle like a big man. So he had a huge hand in helping to train me. And... I did wrestle him. I've actually been in a couple matches with him, but there was one in particular um, down at Primetime Wrestling in, I think it was in Paris, Kentucky at the time. But there was a vacated heavyweight title at this promotion, and we did like a scramble match earlier in the night, and the winner of that had to wrestle Abyss for the vacated heavyweight title in the main event. So I won the scramble and got to wrestle him for the main event. We went out and had an absolutely incredible match. And for me, it was really special because, you know, he helped train me. And then, you know, I beat him for the heavyweight title. And You didn't body slam him, though, did you? No. <laughs> you know, we, we, did, we did things. We made it work. Um, but then after the match was over, he kind of, like, you know, like, I don't want to pull the curtain back too much, but I'm going to. After the match was over, we got to the back. And he came up, he gave me a big hug. He's like, bro, that was so good. He's like, I'm so proud of you, man. Like, he's like, you've come so far. And he was telling me, like, I think right now you're ready to start getting out and trying to make a name for yourself. Like, if you're not already going out and hitting the road, like, now's the time. He's like, that was really good. I'm super proud of you. And, like, coming from a guy of his caliber of talent and who had a hand in helping to train me to tell me, like, you know, like, dude, I'm proud of you. Like, that was super good. Like, you made so much progress. That was special to me, you know. So, yeah, that was cool. That, that is was, cool, that really man. Cool. You're, I mean, you're really making a name for yourself on Independence. Like, like you Trying said. To. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, you're fine. Uh, so, you've, you've wrestled Andrade. You've wrestled yeah. Abyss. I mean, these are big-name wrestlers. And you've also, you also have a couple matches coming up uh Carlito, right? Yeah, I'm wrestling Carlito tomorrow. I know this will probably come out after that match has happened. Yeah. But, yeah, at tomorrow I'm wrestling Carlito in Lexington, Kentucky. And then Saturday I'm wrestling Nick Aldis, yeah. the former NWA. Another another yeah. two big names there. Yeah. Any other big names that you've wrestled? Uh, I wrestled JTG not too okay. long ago. You know, former WWE yeah. crime time. Um, I was in a stable with Wildcat Chris Harris for a long time. He was my manager, and um, we used to tag together on occasions. And 
Cat's been another one who's been a huge mentor to me. Um, we have to get him on the podcast, by we, the way. We definitely should. Wow, Cat, come through. Cat, <laughs> I'm going to call you. But no, like... Wildcat has become so much more than just a wrestling mentor to me. Like, he's, like, one of my legitimate really good friends. Like, I go over to his house sometimes, and we just sit and chill and, you know, shoot the stuff and watch old wrestling. And then, you know, like, he just showed up to my grandma's funeral last year. Like, and that, you know, like, that tells me that the dude cares about me on, like, a friend level. You know what I mean? And, like, I've always tried to be there for him when he needs a friend. And, um, like I said, I, I'm very thankful for Kat. Uh, so yeah, getting to work with him has been a blast. Um, I'm trying to think cause it all kind of runs together, you know? Yeah. I mean? Like you, when I've been at it as long as I have, I've wrestled so many places and so many different people. People don't understand, man. It's like, I hear it all the time in the wrestling business. It's like you're, it takes you 10, 10 years to be an overnight success. You know what I mean? Yeah. People, and that's very true. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. very true. So you're up and down the roads all the time. You got a regular job. You're up and down the roads doing wrestling. Yeah. Uh, you're doing a lot of independence. You did the AEW appearance. Do you, are you kind of optimistic about, you know, possibly signing a contract with one of these major uh, promotions? Because, you know, there's you got AEW, WWE. You got uh, New Japan, Impact, ROH, just acquired by AEW. Sure. You got all these different promotions and options, really, for you. Are you, you feeling good about that? I do, and the reason I feel good about it is because I'm gonna not take no for an answer. That there you I'm go. gonna keep, you know. I mean, I've been told no several times now. I've I've tried out for New Japan twice, didn't get it. You know, I've I've done extra work at WWE. I've done extra work for AEW. You know, I've been in Impact locker rooms. I've been around, and a lot of people when they're told no once, they let that defeat them. But mm-hmm. um, that's a piece of advice that I've been given from. D'Lo Brown, I've heard Triple H say it, just don't take no for an answer. Like, a no today doesn't mean it's going to be a no in six months. Doesn't mean it's going to be a no in a year. So I just take that as motivation to keep going and to keep getting better and to keep building more stock in my name to make myself undeniable. Right. Um, it's just, like you said at best a second ago, It sometimes it takes 10 years to be an overnight success. I have friends who have been wrestling twice as long or longer than I have who are incredible wrestlers, incredible human beings who have never been given their fair shot. Yep. And for whatever reason that may be, but I just am trying everything I can to make sure that it works for me because, you know, you hear so much stuff too. And there's so many people who will try to like hype you up or, you know, give you little stuff to keep you going but I hear so many times like dude like with your look and stuff there's no way that you won't get signed and yeah it's like well if it happens great but I'm not gonna like let those things make me content like that I'm not just gonna sit around and wait for somebody to call me I'm gonna keep knocking on doors I'm gonna keep you know sending emails I'm gonna keep showing up to things helping out making my face present because all that would take is to be somewhere and then need a body like hey so and so's flight got canceled we need to fill a spot you got your stuff absolutely you know what i mean so it's wrestling doesn't owe any of us anything yeah you know what i mean like we all get into this because we love it and we all want to make a make a go at it 
But at the end of the day, not everyone who ever laces up a pair of boots is going to get signed. Not everybody is going to get that contract. But the people who do are the ones who put forth that effort and have that killer instinct. Because it's like, you know, it's very cutthroat. And it's, excuse me, but there's going to be times where, you know, guys might try to go go around you and take your spot, but you gotta you just can't let them. You know, you always got to be on that forefront. And it literally just takes being in the right moment, being at the right place, or just one little thing to happen and it changes everything. So I'm just hoping for that moment, you know what I mean? But yep, the only thing I can do is I try to not worry about the things that I can't control and I try to focus on the things that I can. The things that I can control are the effort that I put forth, the amount of time I put in the gym, the amount of time I train, the amount of time I spend, you know, promoting myself, my brand, and, you know, sending emails to people or showing up to things. That's all stuff I can control. I can't forcibly make them say yes. I, I can't, you know, strong arm them into handing me a contract. So I just got to, I got to finesse my way in. I'm just trying to figure it out. (laughs) So, but yes, I do feel optimistic because I'm not going to take no for an answer. There you go. Yeah. I love that answer. Uh, The wrestling business is like, even if, you know, even if you got a shot for a year, you know, a year contract to be on national television, it increases your value so much. When you go back to the independents, you're making so much more money. You're charging more for, you know, photo ops and signings. And, you know, it kind of reminds me of, like, the music business now because you got streaming. You don't need a record deal to make a million dollars a year being an artist. You can do it yourself. You can do it. You can, you know, do YouTube videos, uh, Facebook videos, make ad revenue from all that, even Instagram, uh, you know, it's endless opportunities out there. And I think if you, you know, even, you know, get a chance on that main stage, when, when your value increases, like, man, you can really sure. do well, you know, for yourself. Yeah, you know, a guy who I want to really put over, uh, kind of going off of what you just said, is I'm really good friends with Zicky Dice, who's currently an Impact Wrestler. Okay. And him and I met at one of those New Japan tryouts where we both got told no. And he is a perfect example of don't take no for an answer because he figured out how to utilize social media, how to, he's, you know, he's crushing it pretty big on Twitch. He's now doing the YouTube thing and it ended up getting him a job at impact. I don't even know if they ever saw him wrestle at impact. They saw his videos of his character and how he's able to promote his brand and his character and get all of that across on camera. I'm pretty sure they hired him pretty much sight unseen as far as what he's capable of doing in wrestling. He was NWA also. Yeah, right? he was the television champion yeah. in NWA, but that's a perfect example. Because I remember after the second time we got told no at New Japan, him and I went back out to the car and we just sat there in the seats and just stared at the dashboard for like an hour, just processing like, all right, what's the next move? You know, like yep. we were just both just dumbstruck because we we went in there, gave it everything we had, but you know they I guess at the time didn't see what they saw in other people. So you know we just again couldn't take no for an answer. We could have let that defeat us, but we didn't. So he's a perfect example though of how important the marketing yourself aspect is and how wrestling the business of wrestling is more than just what you do in the ropes it's the whole 
picture of the whole landscape of all of it. Right. Yeah. Are you are you watching all the different promotions or trying to keep up as much as you can? <sighs> Man. Because it's a lot. It is. It is a lot. I try to... I try to catch as much as I can, but I also too am so busy with my own stuff. Mm -hmm. And also like, you know, I'm in the gym four or five days a week. I, you know, with traveling and everything else, like I, I keep my ear to the ground as far as like, I I look at Twitter a lot and I see like kind of what Twitter, what matches Twitter are really hyping up and I'll go out of my way to watch like the, the stuff that's getting, a lot of good trades and stuff. And like, you know, if I'm sitting at home, I'll throw on, you know, like Dynamite or, you know, I'll throw on some New Japan or something. And, uh, you know, I'll try to, I'll try to catch as much as I can, but there's just so much wrestling right now. It's hard to watch all of it. You know? Yeah. Do you have any like favorites that are currently on television or maybe even like, just in independence or favorite wrestlers yeah like you like their um, work that they're doing right now i really dig ftr okay um, yeah they're I, old school I, I do love tag team wrestling and right now i think ftr is doing tag team wrestling the way that in my head it's supposed to be done and it i feel like they've for the last several years, they've been the best tag team in pro wrestling, but now they're really showing why they're the best tag it's team It's not in like wrestling. two random singles together. No, that match that they had with the Briscoes at uh, Ring of Honor over yeah. Mania weekend was probably the best tag match in the last 20 years. And that, to me, like was the thing that I was most looking forward to about the entire WrestleMania weekend, like that match. And it completely lived up to the hype. So I'm a big fan of those guys because they make everything make sense and they they have this understanding that not every single match has to be the greatest match of all time. Mm-hmm. But like they make the they make the most out of a match of what it's supposed to be. Like if it's a middle of the card, you know, like match it doesn't need to be a main event caliber thing, but they make the absolute best out of the spot that they're given without doing too much to overshadow the stuff later. And it's just, they, they've got it figured out. So I'm a big fan of those guys. Um, I really dig Minoru Suzuki okay. in Japan. Yeah. Because um, I'm a big fan of just Smash Mouth Pro Wrestling. Like, because that's my spot. You know, my style. You got a little Mick just, Foley in you? Dude, my, I'm, I try to model myself after, like, Bruiser Brody. Okay. Like, you know, just the hard-hitting just dudes who... Are just gonna punch you in the mouth. Ain't gonna do nothing super fancy or something real pretty, but it's good. you're gonna feel it, you know. Yeah. And I just love that style of wrestling. And there's a lot of that in Japanese wrestling. Okay. But Minoru Suzuki, just the way he carries himself, and also he's able to do comedy when it's necessary. You know what I mean? So it's like he's such a versatile wrestler, but he doesn't change his presentation. And it's just like. He's another one who just has it figured out. Like he's able to always be himself and true to himself without going too extreme one way or the other. And okay. it always makes sense. So I guess that kind of ties into the next question. Like who would you like to work with uh, you know, in the future that's currently out there? There's I mean, everybody. I yeah. I just I want to test myself against everybody. I love I love stepping outside of my comfort zone. Um for instance, when I wrestled Baron Black in Atlanta, he's a technical wrestler. I am not a technical wrestler. Um, but it made me step outside of my comfort zone. And it allowed 
you know, like I got to show my, you know, I'm a, I'm a stand up striker. That's where I, that's where I'm comfortable, but he's a ground guy. Bare so, knuckles. Yeah. So I'm trying to keep him <laughs> on his feet. He's trying to take me to the ground. So it's like a good styles clash. So I like, I like wrestling guys that have Lucha backgrounds. That's okay. really fun because it, that in and of itself is a whole nother Now, is that more difficult? Because I've heard uh, Ric Flair talk about this, how they uh, wrestle on the left. Have you, um, do you understand what I'm saying? They wrestle on the right. Oh, okay. So yeah. it's like opposite side, right? It is. Yeah, it's opposite of what we're used to here. But um, I don't know. That's, that's all very, like, nuanced stuff. And there's – the way that we're taught here is, you know, you do things to the left – that's just how it goes. You know, you work the left arm or whatever. That's just how it's supposed to go. But if you're in a if you're in a fight, sides don't matter. You there know you what go. I mean? Yeah. Like if you're applying a hold to try to hurt somebody, it doesn't matter which arm you're grabbing. So it all depends on how you look at it, you know. But Okay. So we're both in the Cincinnati uh, area, of course. Yeah, Cincinnati of course. Bengals. You got the Jamar Chase Jamar jersey Chase, on. Baby. The chosen uh, one. Man, you uploaded this video on social media, kind of blew up, kind of went like viral. Yeah, so in Cincinnati, we have Skyline Chili, Gold Star, Dixie Chili, Cincinnati Chili recipes. We got spaghetti, put chili on top of it, and shredded cheese, cheese crackers. Onion, yeah. People don't really understand it outside no, the area, don't. right? They don't. So you actually opened up a can of chili. Uh, can you tell us about the challenge and kind of how that went? Okay, so I had seen, like, there was a couple people who had done it. Okay. And I was like, you know, with, again, going back to what I said a little bit ago about how wrestling business is more than just what you do in the ring. It's all about how you present, you know, and the the wrestling audience is always looking for something to enjoy. Like, whether it be in the ring, out of the ring, they just like to be entertained. Okay. So I was like, man, I bet if I did the the Skyline Chili Chug, if they win the AFC Championship, that would probably catch some pretty good fire on social media. <laughs> so I put out a tweet that said, if the Bengals beat the Chiefs for the AFC Championship, I will shotgun a, scan of, a can of Skyline Chili. So that start, that tweet in and of itself started kind of – so I went to a I went to Village Pub down at Main Strauss to watch the game, and I took a can of Skyline in my jacket <laughs> pocket. So, like, you know, that first half, I'm like, oh, I probably won't have to do it, you know. Yeah, because it was looking a little rough, but then second half they started cooking, and I'm like, okay, I took the can out, I started you know shaking it up a little bit, get it nice and loose, and then they won. And as soon as they won, I went right out to the back patio, peeled my jersey off, and did the thing, and then it really caught fire. It's probably and a lot like, easier, like because it's cold, it's probably disgusting, but it's a lot it's easier horrible. when like, uh, you know, you got that adrenaline from the Bengals winning. Oh yeah, know? like dude. <laughs> Anything could have happened to me in that moment, and I would have just been fine because yeah. I was so stoked. Like, the last time the Bengals were in a Super Bowl was when I was three weeks old. <laughs> so, like, this is my first time of having memory getting to see the Bengals in a Super Bowl, and I'm just like, this is actually happening. This is the first time I've seen them win playoff games. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yep. I'm like, dude, this is nuts. Like, they weren't <laughs> supposed to be there. So, right. like, I did it. It started catching fire. I got interviewed by the local news, and they played a clip of it, which caused it to go even more viral. So I capitalized on the moment. I actually uh, I hit up a tattoo artist, and he made a T-shirt design for me. Um, I've seen that yeah, on your Instagram. It's, it's the tiger um, chugging a can of chili, and he's got the beard and the black denim vest. And yeah, it looked day, awesome. It's crew day. 
Yeah, so, yeah, that was so, yeah, sweet. So yeah, I made those shirts and I sold those out in like two shows. So I had to like, really, yeah, I had to get more and yeah, then um, that's awesome. Yeah, that was that was cool because, like I said, man, I've been a diehard Bengals fan forever, and I mean, I'm sure you have. Too, oh yeah, and it's been a rough road, bro. Yep, there's the '90s some, were horrible. Oh, God. There's been some dark years, but. You know, we finally got a team that I'm actually super excited about. And with all these off-season moves that they've made with, you know, beefing up the O-line. I don't see how they can't go back. Brother, if mixing with that one. In- injuries is the only thing that could keep them from going back. having time to throw, I think it's going to be a fun year to be a Bengals fan. Oh, yeah. That's why I bought season tickets. I couldn't I couldn't resist. <laughs> I couldn't resist, man. But, uh, man, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, maybe we just end with, you know, wrestling – uh, you talked about Razor. Uh, you talked about people you looked up to. Now you're kind of on your way to, you know, giving other kids uh, that maybe want to come up into business, you know, that same opportunity. Sure. When, when you get on screen, you know, people are going to look up to you and, and uh, the way you looked up to Razor. So what would you say to someone that wants to get in this wrestling business? Because it's a rough business. Man. It, it really is. And so kind of my way that I've been giving back to wrestling is I've been going back to the school that I trained at and I've been trying to help out with some of the guys who are just getting started. Well, guys and girls. So the advice that I always give to them is if you're going to do this, set goals for yourself. I mean, make it clear to yourself what you want to accomplish here. If this is just a way for you to get in shape, to have a little bit of fun, maybe do some shows in front of your friends and family, that's all fine. But just, you know, do what you have to do to get to that and make the best of that. Now, if your goal is to travel a little bit, do some, you know, do some other independence, figure out how you got to get that. If your goal is to make a career out of this, figure out what you got to do to get that and set those goals now. So you, you have a clear expectation for yourself of what you want to get out of this because the amount of work that you put in is going to dictate what you get out of it. And I tell all of them that, you know, don't half-ass anything, whole-ass one thing. You know, or don't half-ass right. ten things, whole-ass one thing. Yep. So if you give all of your effort to this one thing, it's going to suck. It's going to hurt. It's going to, you know, there's going to be days that you want to quit. There's going to be days that you feel like quitting or you feel like you're not making as much progress as you hoped you would as fast as you would. Got to get through all of that and the payoffs will be awesome. You know, like for me, I'm not done yet. I still have a lot more that I want. I feel like this is just the beginning for you, even though. I think so. How many years in are you now? In my seventh. Yeah. So I still feel like it's the beginning. Dude, I I just now feel like it's just starting to get this fun. This is my uh, sixth year on YouTube, and I feel like yeah. this is just Dude, it's just starting, starting to get yeah. fun to me. I'm just now starting to get flown around and, you know, getting some of these cooler opportunities. I feel it's just starting to get fun. Yeah. So it's like I want other people to, to feel that fun. So I always tell them, like, don't be afraid to bet on yourself. And I, another thing that I try to tell people, too, is self-awareness is often missed in pro wrestling there's a lot of guys who or guys and girls who just don't have a ton of self-awareness and i always try to tell some of the younger guys like if you were a kid would you hang a poster of you on your wall you know what i mean because as a professional wrestler a big part of what we do is what we present to the fans and if what you're presenting to the fans isn't something worth investing in, then they're not going to invest in it. 
So figure out what's gonna make you different, what's gonna be able to make you marketable, what's gonna make you stand out on a poster. Because if you just look like Larry that works at Home Depot, <laughs> no one's gonna care. But if you look like a dude who, you know, like if you got something about you that people look at that poster and go, okay, that guy looks like something. You know what I mean? That's what you just have to figure out what works for you and make it a thing because that's what gets us where we need to be. If you're just, if you become content with what's going on and aren't striving to get to that next step, I'm constantly refreshing my list of goals. You yep. know what I mean? So yep. it's like when I complete something, I'm like, okay, now I want to do this. Like right now, my biggest goal is I want to go to Japan. Whether it be for one tour, whether it be signing somewhere in Japan, I want to wrestle in Japan. I want to wrestle in Cork and all. So once I finish that, I'll check that off and then I'll start another goal. You know what I mean? But right now, the goal for me is Corgan Hall in Japan. I don't care what company it's for. That's just what I want to do. Okay. So I'm going to figure out what I got to do to make that happen. And then I'll move on to the next goal. Cool, you know? man. So. Before we go, I do have to ask you this. Now, sure. I've always wondered what it actually felt like to be in a ring. I've never been in one, so I have no idea, <laughs> like, bouncing off the ropes or anything. What was, like, the weirdest thing for you when you first got into it? Did it feel like you expected it to feel? Um, kind of. You often hear the comparison where a lot of people have asked me, like, so what does that feel like? Is it kind of like being on a trampoline? No, it is not. <laughs> it hurts. A ring is... Pieces of steel, like steel bars run in one direction, wood planks run in the opposite direction, and then a piece of mat about that thick. And so the weirdest part to me was training yourself to, training your body to do something that you've always told it not to do. You know what I mean? When you're learning to take your bumps. It's a different type of shape than, you know, being a runner or a football player. Oh, dude, 100%. Because, so... Even when I very first started training, like when I was learning how to hit the ropes, those first couple trainings of hitting the ropes, I had these massive bruises like on my lats and stuff just because of hitting them over and over and over. Like that's a lot of ropes. They're not real rope. It's like steel cable with mm -hmm. like something thin around it. So like, and then also, you know, just when you're taking flat back bumps in the ring, you're telling your body to do something unnatural because you've always spent your entire life trying to not fall down. But now you're telling yourself, throw yourself at the ground. You so, know what I mean? So, so this might be a, sorry to cut you off. This yeah. might be a dumb question. So you're talking about that rash when you hit those ropes. Does your body kind of uh, get used to yeah. that? Kind of like guitars, like when your fingertips get yeah, hard? Yeah, it's almost like you become calloused to okay. it in a way. But definitely, like, you never completely get used to it. Like, I definitely feel a certain way after a weekend of wrestling where if I take a weekend off, I don't feel that way. You know, like, the bumps and bruises certainly add up, but... But the feeling that you get, you know, when you hear that whole crowd, you know, reacting one way or the other, that's yeah. nothing beats that. It's all the bumps and bruises are completely worth it at that point. So. That's awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for coming on, man. I really do appreciate it. It's I been awesome. I appreciate you having me, man. It was cool catching up and getting to see you of after, course. you know, probably 10 years. Ten, yeah, I'd say 10 years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but, man, you got the skills. You got the look. I don't see how any major... Uh, promotion isn't going to sign you here in the future, hopefully uh, sooner than later. Hopefully. And then uh, maybe you can have one of these wrestling figures made of you, and then you can come back on the show and maybe sign it. That would be sweet, man. That would be awesome. So uh, you got Pro Wrestling Tees. Let's do a shout-out before we leave. Yeah, um, man, ProWrestlingTees.com slash Lord Crew. You can catch me on Instagram, Twitter, at Lord Crew Kills. Uh, you want to spell that just for the uh, – 
The sure. podcast listeners on streaming service? L-O-R-D-C-R-E-W-E-K-I-L-L-S is the Instagram and Twitter. I'm also on Facebook. Just search Lord Crew. And um, we'll put that on the screen for anyone watching the video, yeah, of course, I Facebook, think. YouTube. Yeah, and also keep your eyes open for an upcoming YouTube channel. I am going to start Ooh. documenting my travels, and it's going to be centered around food reviews of the places that I go to eat when I'm out on the road. My rating system will be knuckle sandwiches. Ooh, so, okay. So yeah, we're going to do I some like food that. reviews. Um, I'll be having different wrestlers on there with me, you know, when we go out to eat after shows and stuff, so it'll be a good time. Be yep. sure to check that out. And that'd be Lord Crew on YouTube probably? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to be, I've got a channel right now, but when, I'm probably going to start a new one straight from scratch to just really push the, the when, vlog stuff or whatever you want to call yeah, it. Yeah, when you get that going, if you have any questions, man, just let me know. I know all the ins and outs. I got your, I got your phone number. <laughs> and of course, I can, you know, share the video on my YouTube community tab and stuff. Cool, Maybe man. help get you some more views. That'd be great. I would appreciate but, that a lot. Yeah, man. Everybody give it up for Lord Crew.